0: Don't we all just love a classic? Whether it's a book, a story, a movie, maybe even a motivational speaker, something that moves us with different energy and certainly gets us really thinking a whole lot more deeper than we normally would. Well, I wish to share with you today one of the movies that I think is a classic. And that movie I was introduced to in college called Fiddler on the Roof. The main character, Tevye, says these lines in the movie. And I want you to really think about them because that will serve as the basis, as the foundation for our discussion today. He states... A fiddler on the roof sounds crazy, no? But in our little village of Anatevka, you might say every one of us is a fiddler on the roof, trying to snatch out a pleasant, simple tune without breaking his neck. It isn't easy. You may ask, why do you stay up there if it's so dangerous? We stay because Anatevka is our home. And how do we keep our balance? That, I can tell you in one word, tradition. After listening to this song, Traditions, at least twice, I thought to myself, by golly, by gosh, he's right. We live our daily lives based on traditions and do so masterfully, I might add. A few seconds later, two questions popped into my head. The first is, do certain traditions propel us forward in whatever life decisions we're making, or are we simply conforming to what society expects of us? And the other question that popped in was, should we abandon certain traditions that have been handed down that we felt compelled to follow simply because our predecessors would want it that way. Keep those two questions in mind as we dive into today's episode. Welcome guys. Welcome everybody to Flip the Price Tag, a semi-weekly podcast that will discuss and question various topics. I invite you to join in the conversation. And at the end of each episode, I want you to go into the comments section and answer these two simple questions for me. One, did you listen to the entire segment? I know there's so many things that compete for our time. But I want you to listen to the entire thing. And second, what were your takeaways? Your biggest takeaways. What did you gain from it? What did you learn? Or rather, need to unlearn? Okay, those are the two questions that I want you to fill out in the comments section at the end of the episode. Are you ready? Buckle in. Let's go. The other day, I decided to take a short drive To a local beach not far from where I live. It only took me about 10 or 15 minutes to get there. Upon arrival, I parked my car and I noticed a group of men. I would say 35 years or so or older. And I counted. Yes, I did. There were about 12 of them. And four of them were sitting down. And they were playing one of the all-time favorite games of dominoes. While the others just kind of stood in the background having conversations. I found that to be quite interesting. And so I observed them for a bit. No, no, I wasn't being all weird and just staring them down. I was just observing, right? From From a safe distance. Just seeing what they're doing. And the longer I watched the more I felt intrigued with questions that popped into my mind. And it brought me back to what Tefye said in the movie, traditions. I thought to myself, huh, here are some men that have probably had a long day of work and they kind of just want to wind down at the end of the day. So what's better than that? Yeah, traditionally... In this country, you get together with a group of friends or foes, whatever you want to call them, and you play a good round of dominoes. And you have a good time. Now, something interesting struck me as I watched these men. Like I said, I'm going to imagine that the age category was over 35. What was interesting is that The other men that were not playing, the ones that weren't sitting down, they didn't have cell phones out in their hands with their heads bowed down, looking at a screen. They were actually engaged in conversation with the men or other men around them. And I thought to myself, huh, must be quite intriguing to want to engage in conversation unlike the present generation that we see. Because if I were to go to a different age group, I imagine 35 and under, it might be a completely different scene, even though it was a group of friends that would have gathered together for a social event. So it brings me back to the questions asked earlier. Are these men that are sitting here playing a good game of dominoes Are they following traditions? And I tried really hard not to label them as, oh my goodness, they're just wasting time. They could be so much more productive if they found something else to do than just sit here and play games. And then it hit me are they wasting time? Because it's been many years since I myself have attempted the game of dominoes, but I do remember that you have to actually engage some brain cells and be strategic in coming out as the winner. So that quickly flipped the price tag. Got it there? It flipped the price tag for me in that, no, they're actually being quite productive and useful in this moment. And so I ask you this question. What sort of traditions do we follow in our daily lives that are useful, beneficial for us? In my mind, I often think of traditions that I grew up with in my family that have been handed down from my predecessors from a great, great, great grandmother or grandfather. And I have to admit, some are great. Some are wonderful. They serve as a catalyst for me moving forward in the things that I desire. Others, I'm not so sure, are necessary to continue. So let's dive a little bit deeper into how traditions can either hold us back And bind us. And then the questions we have to ask is, are we even aware that that is what's going on? Are we woke, as the millennials would say today? Once we dust off the cords or the ropes or whatever it may be that are holding us down to these traditions that exist not just in our actions, but in our, in our mindsets, in our thought processes, in, in the way we see others. Do they serve us in the best way? And the question is, once we become conscious or aware, what's next? How do we actually disengage with ideas or actions that add no real value to our growth. May I suggest three things that I've found to be helpful for me and it just might work for you. Remember early I talked about being woke? Well, to be woke, if I can quote um, one of the gentlemen that I uh, listen to on a regular basis, Dr. Umar Johnson, who is an activist an American activist and one who fights for equality in the U S he said something once in an interview. He's he did, we might be woke, but that's not the end of it. Now that we're woke, let's do something. So action is required, right? So as we question certain traditions that are in our families that exist in our communities that are in our psyche, what do we do next? Do we simply accept them and say, well, that's just what it is? Or do we find ways to remove ourselves from them? Let me share a couple of examples of traditions or rather things that I would consider to be not of real value in my life. And I'm going to say not, not every single thing I'm about to list here. I'm actually proud about. I'm actually a work in progress. And I'm doing my best to dislodge or remove myself from these traditions. One, it is almost acceptable for English speakers, if you were born or raised in a country where English is the native language, it is almost acceptable that if we come across somebody else whose first language is not English but it's rather a second language for them a third or even a fourth, we tend to label them don't we? We might see them as being not that smart or bright. Another one is where do you live? What's your physical address? And once they reveal that, again, tradition might lead us to believe, oh, they're not in my neighborhood, in my zip code, or in my upper class neighborhood or standards that I follow of some sort. And a third one that I've spent a lot of time reading about and researching and trying to wrap my head around it to get a better grip and that is of colorism what are the tra- what are the traditions that exist in your mind concerning colorism? I want to give a quick example and by no means will I give any names but if there's anybody out there that have known me for many many years you may be able to piece it together, but I'm going to try and be as vague as possible intentionally. I remember one of my first jobs as a teenager. I worked for a particular company and I enjoyed it very much and felt like, okay, I like it. Here comes another new hire. And this particular new hire is what we would call, oh, a white girl because she had the complexion of somebody that was much, much lighter. And I had been working there, I want to say for about a year at this company. And the new hire comes on and she had been there roughly six months or so and was given a different position that you might deem a promotion. And here I am a year later not of jealousy or of envy, but I knew it was happening, even at such a tender teenage years. I thought to myself, is it because this person is quote-unquote white that they are thought of as being much more competent than myself or the other workers that have been there? Well, as it turns out, Your girl didn't do well. (laughs) I hate to say it, but she didn't do well in the position that she was placed in. And within weeks was told, "Mm, it's best if you just go back to what you were doing previously. And I thought to myself, how do we root out this thought that we have in our minds that it's okay to label people whether in a positive light because of the color or the shade of their skin or in a negative light because they might have a a certain accent when they speak or they don't live in a quote unquote affluent neighborhood I invite you now to perform some sort of self evaluation today or at your earliest convenience, sooner the better. And I want you to decide and be very honest, be brutally honest with yourself. As Tevia and Fiddler on the Roof ask Are we mere traditionalists? Does tradition teach us how to act, how to think? What do we wear? What should we expect out of life? Or Are we consciously living each day in a way that challenges our traditions? If we are not doing that or not prepared, then okay, go back to bed. Enjoy Netflix with the message that says, are you still watching? I hope that you have enjoyed this conversation today. I know I certainly have, and it's allowed me to share so many of the ideas that fill my mind on a regular, constant basis, and I hope it will have allowed you to then sit back and do some homework. We all have homework to do. We can all do better in so many ways, or at least formulate some questions As to why do we do what we do. I hope we're not just walking around blindly following traditions. Especially those that serve no real purpose in our life. Once again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening. And remember to join in at the very end with your insights and thoughts. And we'll see you next time. Ciao. Have you ever wondered the question, who am I? Why am I the way that I am? What makes me unique? Or rather, what makes me tick? I think today we're going to have an interesting conversation. So I hope you're ready for us to dive in and take a look at three particular personality types. Of course, there are hundreds and hundreds more but we're only going to explore three of them. I remember years ago reading a book called Please Understand Me by David Kersey. He discusses personality types, different cognition, and even our own uniqueness and what we have to offer to the world. It was an eye-opener for me, mainly because I learned more about my personality in that book. And... For the longest time, I labeled myself as an introvert. But upon finishing this book, I discovered maybe that's not true. And so my perception changed. What we hope to discuss today has a lot to do with these three personality types. We're going to talk about being an introvert, an extrovert, or even for some people, they might consider themselves being an ambivert. Which one do you think? suits you best. Let's jump into it, friends, and let's discover together. Welcome to Flip the Price Tag. First, let me begin by saying I am by no means, no stretch of the imagination, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a therapist, or any other ist for that matter. I'm simply having a conversation that I find interesting. So let's begin with a quick five-minute assessment. Question one. Are you male or female? Two. Would you consider yourself a social butterfly or more of a homebody? Three. Do you consider yourself to be an introvert, extrovert, ambivert, and why? Why do you label yourself in any of those categories? Fourth. Has there ever been a time when you thought, well, I am who I am, can't change? And lastly, is there someone in your circle of friends or family whose personality you admire? Keep this assessment in mind. Keep these five questions going as we interact today. Emily Dickinson once said, The brain is as wide as the sky and as deep as the sea. Now, to me, that speaks volumes because it tells me that neither man nor science can never get to the bottom of what truly makes you or me who we are and why we do the things that we do. Sure, there are many theories out there, but nothing really concrete or sanguine. Not long ago, a friend said, good morning to me. And I said, yes, it is indeed a good one, and we should be thankful. And then she said, yeah, I'm grateful to have woken up in my right mind. That stopped me dead in my tracks. For it never occurred to me that when I arise in the morning, I am in my right state of mind. And I thought, yes, this is true. That is something to be thankful for. Years ago, a poll was done And it was revealed that many people fear losing their minds than anything else, even death. As we said our pleasantries and said our goodbyes, this friend and I ended our conversation. And she said, continue to be your bubbly self. I sat in my car for a moment and thought, am I bubbly or do others view me that way? Because as I said earlier, I, for the longest time, thought, oh, I'm an introvert. And then I sort of flipped it and thought, okay, I must be more of an extrovert. So certain questions came into my mind and I thought, huh, I know what to do. I'll ask those who probably thinks they know me best, family members, to answer just two or three questions. And I tried to just fit it in into everyday Conversation, so their answers could be really unbiased. And they didn't kind of think it was some sort of a survey that I was doing when, in fact, it was a survey. So certain questions I asked were, what do you guys consider me to be? What sort of personality would you assign to me? And some are like, oh, yeah, you're for sure an introvert because you love your quiet time and you don't like to be bothered. And others were like, oh, no, no, no. no. You want to be out there. You want to plan events and parties and do things and, you know, just go full on out. And others are like, um, I think you're half and half. And so I'm like, OK, thank you for your honesty. And so it made me think about my own unconscious biases as I interact with those I come into contact with every day whether at work or even at play do I look at for example Bob let's just call somebody in the office Bob and do I think to myself oh no wonder Bob gets passed up for promotions and other good deals he's too closed up he's just not being expressive enough he needs to put himself more out there then he'll get noticed or do I think he needs to be more like Linda because Linda is certainly somebody everybody knows. Another day, or I should say another idea that came into my mind was we often say we want diversity in our jobs, in our friendships, in our communities. But do we really or do we say that? But deep down, we're thinking, no, everybody should be more like me because I have the best personality type, or I have the best way to approach the world and life and problems, etc. Why aren't more people like me? I mean, I'm the role model out here. Just be like me and you'll be fine. (laughs) Of course, guys, that's tongue in cheek. Culture plays a huge role in who we are and what makes us tick. Years ago, I taught as an ESL teacher and a lot of my students were from various backgrounds that made for an eclectic classroom, and I absolutely loved it. But I would often do these surveys in my mind. For example, I would say to myself, huh, are most South Asians polite and caring? Because that was the personality type that I encountered as I taught students from South Asia. And then I would think, are all Latin Americans vibrant and friendly, just full of life and ready to party at any moment's notice? And then there are my Africans. Are they all just terse and to the point and will tell you exactly what they're thinking at all times and you never have to wonder? I have to admit, I was one of those people who thought, no, Don't be you. Be more like so-and-so. Be more like that person. It wasn't until years later that it hit me. I've heard those words before, from somewhere, rather from someone. Often unintentionally, parents compare their children, and they even voice these comparisons out loud, not realizing the ramifications This can be truly damaging as a child is seeking to develop who they are and who they want to be in this world. How are they going to contribute if they're not given that freedom, so to speak, to develop into who they want to be? Okay, final thoughts. Who are you? What makes you truly you? And once you've discovered that, once you've realized that this is who you are, are you okay with it? In the final analysis, is that all right? Or should we conform to more what society tells us? I believe the fundamental, the fundamental thing here is that you can either like or rather love you. Let's face it. There is not another one out there like you. We are as unique as our DNAs. Or as science has stated, no two fingerprints are alike. Therefore, keep being kind, loyal, generous, empathetic, sincere. The list could go on and on. But I hope you will take the time and enjoy this wonderful ride called life. Thank you once again, everybody, for your time today. Remember to join in the conversation in the comments section. Did you listen to the entire segment? And what are some of your insights or takeaways? Thank you so very much for your time. Ciao.